This faith and finance podcast is underwritten in part by Christian Healthcare Ministries. Are you finding it increasingly challenging to find affordable health care? Christian Healthcare Ministries is a budget-friendly, biblical, and compassionate healthcare cost-sharing alternative that aligns with your Christian values. And it's available in all 50 states and around the world. Learn more at chministries.org slash faithby. Beware, lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. I am Rob West. That passage in Deuteronomy 8 goes on to read, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth. First up, I'll talk about why we should always thank God for our ability to earn a living. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Well, surveys show that a majority of Americans are consistently unhappy with their jobs. Last year, we talked a lot about the Great Resignation and how more workers were leaving their jobs than ever before, hoping to find something better. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. We should always try to improve our job skills and take on new challenges. That will be especially important if or when we go into a recession. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to earn more as long as the goal isn't just to have more money. But along the way, you have to remain grateful for the job you have. We often forget that God gave us our jobs in the first place. Grasping that is the key to changing your whole attitude about the workplace. The Bible clearly shows that God ordained work even before the fall. In the very first chapter of Genesis, he commands Adam and Eve, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And even after the fall, God gives us instructions about work. In Exodus 20, God says, Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. When you feel yourself wanting to grumble about work, remember that God isn't some hard taskmaster ordering us to work. Rather, He's our great provider. You might think your resume or work experience got you hired, but ultimately, God provided your job. Everything in the universe happens according to His sovereign will. So we never want to be ungrateful for what the Lord has provided. And by the way, being grateful on the job provides an excellent opportunity to point others toward Christ. When everyone else is grumbling and you're going about your duties faithfully and cheerfully without gossiping about the boss or grousing about the workload, you're providing an excellent witness for Christ. Now, how do you rearrange your thinking if you're not happy on the job? Well, first, it's helpful to stop and think about what exactly you do on your job. Look for the meaning in it, even if you think it's mundane. All honest work is honorable in God's eyes. It's easy to miss this, but the things you do on the job almost certainly make someone else's life better by providing a product or service. You're helping to solve someone else's problem and make their life better. That's certainly one reason why God ordained work, to make the world a better place. So take some satisfaction in that, just not the credit. Remember Psalm 29 says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. 
You'll sometimes hear the expression, managing expectations. It's something we should practice on the job. It means not promising others what you can't deliver. But it applies to our own thinking as well. Business, by nature, is competitive. Companies have to keep costs down so the final product or service is marketable. Don't expect your company to provide a Cadillac health plan, free daycare, and foosball in the break room. If you don't expect too much, you won't be disappointed. Keep this in mind, too. If you're grumbling about problems all the time, you become one of them. So instead of complaining, look for solutions instead. Look at every problem as an opportunity to improve things. Trying to come up with a solution gives you a chance to learn something and possibly become a more productive worker. Suggest alternative ways to do things. Management might not act on your ideas, but at least the boss knows you're trying to help. Now, what if you're already doing those things and you know and act as though God is your true boss and you still feel dissatisfied with your job? Well, the Bible doesn't say you have to stay in the same job forever. It could well be that God is leading you to something else. Just remember that changing jobs or careers can be stressful. You'll have a new boss, new co-workers, and usually new duties. And make no mistake, finding a new job won't help if you carry the same negative thinking into it. So first, put into practice the things we've been talking about, and then, with much thoughtful prayer and consideration, ask the Lord for guidance. He may have a new opportunity for you, another place where you can be a grateful worker, and with two jobs available for every worker these days, well, there's a good chance there is something waiting out there just for you. Hey, your calls are next. The number, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. Stick around. Every day, FaithFi is working to meet people right where they are. Through our national radio program, app, and website, we're helping people put their faith in God and not in money and possessions. And we're encouraging and equipping Christians to have a passionate pursuit for sacrificially living and giving the money entrusted to them. If you believe in and have benefited from FaithFi, would you consider becoming a monthly FaithFi patron? Learn more about the FaithFi patrons' membership at faithfi.com and click Give. We are grateful for support from One Ascent Investments on the Faith and Finance Program. They manage a comprehensive suite of value-based investment strategies designed to help Christian investors live aligned with what they value most. One Ascent believes that if your values inspire the way you live, they should also inspire the way you invest. This can be a unique form of worship. More information is available at investments.oneascent.com. That web address is investments.oneascent.com. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host. All right, let's head back to the phones. We're going to go to Norton, Ohio. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Sure. Absolutely. So my question is um, concerning uh, Thrift Savings Plan. I'm a federal employee, yeah. and um, I've been been doing that for 25 years now and been fortunate enough where I'm, I'm going to be uh, getting close to 50 years old here, God willing, in another year and a half. And uh, I'm, I'm learning about these catch-up contributions. Um, when you turn 50, it's, it, I, I think you're allowed up to 30000 a year. That's and right. my question is, yeah, what, uh, should I be putting a high value on this as, as another aspect? Is I'm kind of 
leaning leaning in closer to retirement, I can retire at 57. So I would have at least uh, seven years of that maximum contribution. And I'm just wondering, um, I've never really started looking at that until, you know, obviously I'm getting close to being 50 now. I'm just curious, uh, kind of a two-part question, just your basic opinion on what you guys think of catch-up contributions. And then kind of how do I determine what I think is a reasonable amount to increase? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think in, for both parts of that question, it starts with planning, Jamie, uh, and really having a good handle on what is my ultimate savings goal for retirement. Uh, you know, what do I need to have to maintain whatever lifestyle God has called me to? So, uh, you know, you've established a lifestyle to this point, assuming you're going to maintain that. Typically in retirement, we live on 70 to 80 percent of that. The kids are off the payroll. Maybe the house is paid off. We're no longer saving for retirement. So all that money that, you know, we're, we're deferring into the TSP is now, you know, that's money we don't have to plan for on a monthly basis because we're already in retirement now, so we're no longer saving for it. And all of those things together, plus maybe less commute and work clothes and that kind of thing, uh, you know, has us living on 70 to 80 percent. So I think the next step is to say, okay, how am I doing in order, uh, in, in terms of building up enough in the way of retirement assets so that I can generate what I need when I supplement Social Security to ultimately solve for the, the monthly expenses that I'll have? And you're either on track, ahead, or behind. Now, the reason the catch-up provision exists at age 50 and beyond uh, is because most folks are behind when they do that calculation. And so this gives them the a window of time between 50, age 50, and when they retire to put in, you know, a good bit more money. As you said, from 22500 the 2023 contribution limit to 30000 if you uh, are over age 50. Um, so I would do some planning. And if you haven't done that, perhaps you'd engage with a certified kingdom advisor there in Ohio. You can find one on our website at faithfi.com. Just click find a CKA and uh, just engage that individual for an hourly planning session just to do retirement planning. And that will tell you whether you need to take advantage of it. Uh, I mean, it's great if you need it, but you don't want to necessarily over accumulate either because you may have things you want to do right now, additional giving or, you know, whatever it might be. And so that's why we need to define this financial finish line. But if you're like, like most folks and you get to the end of that planning process and you say, oh, I'm a little bit behind, then taking advantage of the ability to put away an extra $7,500 a year uh, between now and retirement is going to be really helpful. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Do we have a second for a testimony real quick? Oh, absolutely. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. So I'm fortunate enough. I got to go through the uh, financial freedom course at, at our church several years back, probably eight, 10 years ago. And uh, that really set us on a, tra a trajectory of, you know, just understanding God's wisdom for, you know, not only our lives, but our finances. And really, um, it's such an undervalued part of our, our Christian walk that I'm just thankful that I was able to do that and realize that, you know, give our, our money to our church tithe and, and see how you can go from basically, you know, terrible finances, and then you're actually giving more money to church and God is blessing you in other ways. So wow. yeah. I'm just really thankful for my career and thankful for, for God. 
Well, and, and you took the step early on, Jamie, to really learn God's way of handling money, which, you know, is not what the world teaches. You know, the world system of money management is based, in, based on spending all that you uh, can uh, and the idea of discontentment so that we need to respond by trying to buy bigger and better and newer because it's going to provide some sort of satisfaction or fulfillment. And, you know, that obviously is not God's way of handling things. You know, our identity is not in our money. It's not in end. It's a means to an end, and that end is most powerful when it's something other than us, our ability to be generous and provide for our families and all of the things that we see in a biblical worldview of money management where I, where our identity is rooted in Christ as our creator and provider and sustainer, and now money's a tool to accomplish his purposes. And then there's these principles that you've been living out in your financial life that allow us to live with freedom and contentment, and you're giving testimony to that today. So listen, God bless you. Thanks for sharing that. That's an encouragement, I know, to those that are out there that are saying, man, I really want that. Well, the way you get that is to go back to God's Word and really renew your mind with a biblical perspective focused on the eternal, not the temporal. God bless you, Jamie. Thanks for being on the program today. Uh, To Chicago. Hi, Julie. Go right ahead. Hi there. So thank you so much for this ministry. We love it. Love listening to it. Um, My situation with my husband is that we have for a long time used the envelope system. And um, so we have checking and then we have savings. So for um, money that we don't need ready access to, we have just um, got some virtual envelopes and put them in our savings. So we are now at the point now where our savings is just crossed over a hundred thousand. We, we have a 403B. We have no credit card debt, no car debt. We're giving, we have maybe 150 or so in our home and mortgage. Um, so we're just thinking, you know, besides having um, money accessible for stuff like vacation, our emergency fund, um, different envelopes that we have, there is some money, you know, maybe 30 or 40 grand or more of that that is is just in our savings now that maybe we were thinking we could use maybe set up a short-term investment or something. So we're just looking for your advice on that. Yeah, I think, you know, this is a great opportunity, Julie, as you all have really applied these principles from God's Word, and you're in a really strong financial position with clearly some surpluses, for you all to step, take a step back and just say, you know, what are our values and our priorities as believers? Where is God taking us? What does He want to do in our life? What do we want to be known for just in terms of how we're ordering our lifestyle and perhaps living simply and investing in other people and relationships and, yes, saving for the future and putting this money to work because if you have the gift of making money there's just you know more resources that you can do more good with uh, so that's you know I think it's just a matter of you all really uh, clarifying uh, to make sure that you've defined enough so you know ultimately what are your your accumulation goals so that if you're on track to reach those now all of a sudden you say well Lord I want to hold this loosely and how might you direct me toward greater generosity uh, to the extent you're looking to still accumulate and build 
build wealth. I think you could look beyond, uh, you know, the asset classes of stocks and bonds and cash toward perhaps real estate. Uh, that would be another option for you to consider. Precious metals would be another option. So you can look at diversifying among asset classes as another opportunity uh, to be able to consider as you, you know, grow what God has entrusted to you. But don't miss the planning side of it, where you'd take a step back and just take maybe even a couple of weeks and just you and your husband, maybe separately and then coming together, pray and say, Lord, give us a vision for where you're taking us and how you want us to use your money, because it's all his, for your purposes. Part of that is saving for the future and being prudent. Part of that is being uh, lavishly generous with whatever the Lord leads you to. I'm excited as you explore that. We'll be right back. Stay with us. We are grateful for support from Sound Mind Investing in the Faith and Finance Program. If you have money in a retirement account or just a general investing account, you know the stock market can sometimes seem like a roller coaster. But it is possible to enjoy both profit and peace of mind in investing, no matter what's happening in the market. You can see a short video webinar on that topic at soundmindinvesting.org. Since 1990, Sound Mind Investing has sought to offer financial wisdom for living well. Soundmindinvesting.org. We're grateful for support from Movement Mortgage, who provides residential home loans in all 50 states. Guided by a mission to love and value people and a goal to redefine the mortgage process, Movement seeks to help others achieve their financial goals. You can find out more at movement.com slash faith. Movement Mortgage LLC supports equal housing opportunity NMLS number 39179. For licensing information, please visit nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. This is the program where the 2300 verses on money and possessions found in God's Word intersect with today's financial decisions and choices. The number to get in on the conversation, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. If you are thinking about your taxes, and perhaps this is a season where you're dreading that tax bill every year, well, uh, one way to think about our taxes, I think, biblically, is, first of all, that taxes are symptomatic of income, God's provision. So therefore, and this might come as a surprise to you, we can pay our taxes with gratitude attitude, because again, they're symptomatic uh, or evidence of, you might say, God's provision in your life. And of course, in exchange for that, we receive benefits. Now, we may disagree on how the government uses our money. We may feel that some of it's wasted, or maybe even some is used in contradiction to our values. But what we can be assured of is that it's God-ordained, that we've uh, been told in the Scriptures to honor the authority God has ordained in Luke 20 and Romans 13. So uh, perhaps we ought to shift our thinking and think about not paying any more than we owe by any means, but with what we owe, paying it with thanksgiving to the Lord and uh, thanking Him for His gracious provision in our lives. Think about that today. Hey, let's head back to the phones. We've got two lines open, 800-525-7000. Speaking of W-4s, Crystal, I understand you have a question there in Hammond, Indiana. Go right ahead. Hi, yes, hi. Um, I, my daughter just turned 18 um, December last year, and as far as putting her as a dependent on my W-4, for what am I still allowed to do that? And also, I've, my whole life I've always claimed zero, which I am now learning is the wrong thing to do, but 
How many, what all can I claim? Do I claim one for myself? Do I also yeah. claim one for my daughter? And so on. Yes. Well, a couple of thoughts. Number one, just specifically related to your daughter, you can claim your 18-year-old child as a dependent if she's lived uh, with you for more than six months and you provide more than half of her support. And if the answer to that is yes, then absolutely uh, you can do that. Uh, With regard to how you would approach the W-4, you really just need to follow the instructions on the form. Uh, It's going to ask you to list all of your income, including self-employment, uh, there's an online estimator at irs.gov that you can use, or on the W-4 itself, there's actually a worksheet. Uh, but in addition to listing your income on that worksheet from all combined sources, uh, you'll want to claim your children and other dependents, including that 18-year-old daughter, if the answer to those uh, items that I just mentioned were yes. And then any items uh, affecting your withholding, so um, you know, income apart from your job that you expect to receive that won't have any withholding, things like that. Also, any deductions other than the standard deduction uh, that you expect to claim. So it will all be laid out there for you. And at the end, uh, when you sign and date that and turn it in to your employer, that will give them all the information they need to know how much to withhold so we can get as close to zero as possible, with certainly without you owing anything, but without you getting a big refund check back. Okay, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. I can You're I squeeze welcome. in one more question? Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Okay, I live in Indiana, but I work in Illinois. Now, my employer says that Indi- since Indiana is not a reciprocal state of Illinois, they don't have an agreement that they're not obligated to withhold my taxes. That I have to figure that out for myself. How is that for what is that true? How do I go about doing that? Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm you you can part. make those estimated payments. I think the key is that you know exactly what you should be withholding to cover those state taxes uh, at the appropriate level. This is where a, a CPA is going to be really helpful to you, Crystal, uh, to be able to help you do some tax planning, given this unusual situation where that is not automatically withheld, given the difference in the resident state versus the state you're working in, uh, to make sure that you're doing that on your own to do that withholding and making those estimated payments so you don't have any penalties or interest. And certainly you don't want that to catch you by surprise at the end of the year. So if you previously haven't used a CPA, I think this is certainly the time to do it, to go ahead and do some planning, to make sure you're covering uh, 2022, but then also moving forward, you know the appropriate amount to withhold in the future. So I would reach out to a godly CPA. If you don't have one, you could contact a certified kingdom advisor and ask for a referral. You'll find a CKA on our site at faithfi.com. That's faithfi.com. Just click find a CKA. Thanks for your call today. God bless you. Uh, to Florida. Hi, Norma. How can I help you? Thank you for taking my call. Sure. <laughs> I'm calling because I have uh, grandchildren that I would like I was going to, I have an IRA, and I was going to put them on there, but I called the company, and the, the, uh, they told me they would advise me to go to a different, different banks because they would only be getting 1% from them if something would happen to me or my husband. So um, what's your advice? I have one more quick, quick 
question after Sure. That, well, with regard to the IRA, you certainly want to maintain up-to-date beneficiaries. And so if your husband's not currently listed, you'd want to make that uh, change immediately. You could list your grandchildren in whatever uh, breakdown you want as uh, contingent beneficiaries if something were to happen to you and your husband. With regard to you saving for them, if you wanted to put some additional money aside for college, I would use what's called a 529 education savings plan and uh, let that grow between now and college. Uh, to learn more about that, go to a website called savingforcollege.com. It'll help you figure out which 529 is the best one for you. And then go ahead and get those uh, beneficiaries updated. Uh, quickly to Trent in Indiana. Uh, Trent, I understand your father-in-law bought some I-bonds and you're wondering about uh, an additional 5000 through a tax refund. Is that right? Trent, are you with us? Yeah, yes, yes, I am. Okay. Yes, Is I that am. right about the I-bonds? Yes. Um, okay. Yeah, real quick, I'm calling on behalf of my father-in-law and mother-in-law. Um, I helped them set up their accounts to get the $10,000 electronic version. Um, to my understanding, is there an ability to get the $5,000 paper version? And if so, my research shows that um, you would have to do that through your tax return. You're exactly right. That's, That's the only way you can do it. So you to buy the paper I-bonds with a tax refund, you'd use the IRS form 8888 when you file. So just have them check with their CPA or if you do their return, you could do it for them. Uh, and you'd specify the numbers of bonds you want to buy and the denominations up to $5,000. So that allows you to buy an additional 5000 beyond the 10000 You can normally buy an electronic bonds, but it's only available through a tax refund. So you're exactly right, and it'd be a great option for them if that's what they're looking at doing. Hey, thanks for checking with us today, sir. That's going to do it for us today, folks. So thankful to uh, have you along with us. I'm grateful for my team today, Tahira, Amy, and Jim. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Come back and see us tomorrow. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you. 